Hey all you smutties, you are listening to the Wattcast Podcast. Hello. We're back, friends. Here we are. We're here, here at last. Just another degenerate weekend being mm-hmm. absolute garbage humans. What else is new? Like, be acting like we're 21 years old when we're 27. Or 29 in your case. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. I was thinking about that and I was wondering if maybe I just didn't make enough stupid decisions when I was younger that I am trying to fit them all in. No, I definitely made enough stupid decisions when I was younger. Um, so I, was not too, it. I was too responsible. I have an excuse. I was an angel. Yeah, no, I was not and still am acting the way that I am. You know, we had a year of repressed fun, you know, like we couldn't do anything. So I'm just looking at it as it was going to happen and better now, better now than you're right. Honestly, I'm like still hungover, so I don't really have anything else to say to you right now. (laughs) I'm I was working a two-day hangover today I I made myself go for a run at lunch I was like just do it like it'll feel good I felt so sick after like I got home and was like you know when you are like oh my god I feel like I might be sick <laughs> like I'm really <laughs> shaky <Yeah. laughs> that's all well, I and it was like I had the busiest busiest day yeah. at work today and so it wasn't even like I could be like not like I could I still had to do stuff all day long I couldn't just like slack off all day and like watch TikToks I physically had to work all day long and it was really really putting a damper on my mood sit at my own apartment you have to go into an office (laughs) yeah yeah this week we are talking about absolution before we get into the peak and a pit of our, of our week, I guess I should just go with the broad outline first, maybe, and I just explain yeah. what this episode will be about. So obviously, yeah. we're talking about absolution. Um, we got a couple updates, but they came out between like yesterday and today. So we're going to put those in next week's episode. Like we'll do a little bit of a mini update um, within our inter- like before or after our interview with Aubrey. But we kind of made today's episode outline like a little bit different. So we do a summary, but it's a little bit more high level in some parts. Um, And then we want it to be more like a book club discussion. So we're going to give like a briefer summary and then spend some time talking about the bigger themes from the book. And just a heads up, we'll be talking about like body image, um, manipulation and sex work amongst other things, um, including like eating disorders, um, like some triggering topics. So we'll try to give you warnings and like trigger warnings before each of those things, but just know that that's probably going to be sprinkled throughout the episode. But yeah, this episode, we're going to treat more like a book club discussion, I would say, because there, there's a lot of themes in absolution that are like worth digging into. Yeah. And, you know, as much as we love, we're just trying to, we're trying to figure out our flow here because we love going through these books. Like it's, good for you guys to be able to if you need a chance to not reread the book and just listen to the outline or like us outlining it that's great but like I don't know we think it'd be a little bit more 
interesting for you guys to listen to us talk about the themes, like the overarching themes and just going kind of chapter by chapter and outlining it. Yeah. So we'll give it a go. We'll see what everyone thinks. Yeah. We we liked we liked the way this outline looked. So we shall see. Christine is literally yawning up a storm. She moved away from Sorry. the mic. She's literally sitting in bed as we record. <laughs> I'm I'm jealous, honestly. Such a vibe. I was like, I'm so tired. I literally cannot sit at my desk and do this right now. I need to just sit in bed. Oh, that sounds so good. Cannot wait. So peak and pit. I think I have to go. I go first this week. Um, I can't remember. I don't remember. I think I go first this week, but I don't know. I don't go care. for it. You care. Um, you said you said you want to go first. You care. I don't really have a peak or a pit. Um, it was just a medium week. Yeah, kind of. Uh, my peak, honestly, today was. My pit is when McKenna freaking uses her water bottle I after I've hit. asked her 25 times. I accidentally hit the desk when I was lifting it up my bed. Okay. So my <laughs> peak of the week is today I was at work and I was super busy and I called my mom because I work with her. And I was like, she goes, is it the end of the day yet? And I was like, I honestly wish it was I'm gonna go home and record the podcast and she was like <laughs> she was like what is maybe launch for you maybe, maybe launch yourself into the canal <laughs> behind your house I was like yeah thank you for understanding me <laughs> so that's my peak because sometimes my mom just knows exactly how I feel and she never judges me for it <laughs> Lori's the she, best Maybe launch yourself in the canal behind your house. I was like, yeah, with weights, probably. <laughs> Christine. <laughs> the drama. The drama. The dramatics. My pit, my pit of the week um, happened tonight when Blake said he was going to go get me a cheeseburger and french fries at this, like, burger place down the street. And Oh, I know that. Home. Yeah. He came home empty-handed, and I about slit his throat. So, okay, I don't feel bad for you because yesterday Blake brought you fucking McDonald's to your bed again. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any Blake slander. He brought me McDonald's to my bed because I half blacked out at like four <laughs> in the afternoon. So I was still drunk. A dark gray. I did a Sunday fun day, and I will never do that ever again in my entire oh. life. Okay. Honestly, awful. <laughs> oh, okay. Awful. Um, yeah, my peak in my pit was the same thing, and I'll explain why. My peak bought a ticket to go see my friends in Dallas over Memorial Day weekend, spur of the moment. My pit, also for the same reason, purchasing a spur of the moment ticket, because why am I like this as a person? Um. I was having, I had a day on Saturday. I had a full day of extravaganza and that's how I chose Mm -hmm. to end my day. And then my anxiety yesterday was through the roof. Absolutely astronomical. Yeah. And I was like, I I, I don't even know why I'm like stressed about the ticket to Dallas. I used a credit to get it. It was basically free, (laughs) but I'm just like, why do I do these? Like, why do I make decisions like this when I'm in no 
state oh, to be yeah. making decisions. It's okay. So we're all there. I'm still making bad decisions. So it's we're good. Never, it's never going to change. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Let's, let's just, just uh, let's move just right on it. from those uplifting topics and get into absolution. I Wait, promise. Jim, one more thing. No, I was just going to say, I know I'm not being funny this week, but like I'll, I'll be funny next week and maybe throughout this episode, I'll feel differently, but I'm just not feeling comedically inclined tonight. Oh, I don't think either of us are. And I was thinking that when we were talking earlier, I was like, Christine and I are not in a good place mentally today. So not on you can our, uh, tell too, you uh, know, oh. when we like, oh, when we're in yeah. good moods, it's like, it's like, woof. you can tell. And we're when we're in bad moods, our- you better watch out. We're not in bad moods. We've just had a very, we've had some, a couple of a weird couple of days. And we're fucking old. Like, I'm so tired. <laughs> okay. So to begin, we are just going to do a little like summary here to start out with. So starting off. And this isn't even with. that little. It's still a pretty good summary. I can't help myself. I don't want to. Yeah, leave it's anything it's out. really not that little, but it's you know <laughs> it's whatever. less than what I usually do. Yeah. Pro- proceed. Okay, so in absolution, our main character is Zara. She is in college in LA, and she lives with her best friend Alex, who she helps record and take pictures for. Like she's does porn. Alex does. Which helps them afford a really nice apartment for college students. And both the women are definitely feminists and give off like bad bitch vibes. And Alex is described as more traditional and honestly like stereotypical character looks wise and body wise. Like perfect Mm -hmm. body, perfect looks, you know. Zara is a plus is plus size and she's super body positive, but it's something she has had to work like a lot on to achieve like that mindset that she's in. And she's like a constant work in progress for her to feel confident in her body. So Zara works for the school newspaper and has been trying to do a story about Bloodletter, who is a fighter in an underground fight club that is run out of Noir. 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 <laughs> okay. A fancy nightclub on campus. So Can I just say I'm so, when we when we this is when it gets fun for me. When we do these episodes, and I know Christine read this outline before this time because she told me she did. But it's like for me, it's like watching like I don't I never know what's gonna come out of your mouth. Like I never know how you're gonna read it or what you're gonna say. Oh, because I'm so bad at reading and to speaking. Like I'm and so bad at speaking. Reading out loud. out loud is not is not Christine's favorite thing, oh but God. it's it's oh literally I'm I'm sitting here and it's like watching a suspense thriller. I'm like, what is she gonna say? <laughs> what's it gonna be? Like the international drug racing. Yes. I'm like, what are you reading? <laughs> There's sometimes when I literally am watching her brain malfunction. <laughs> it's like when someone start, starts talking gibberish. Like they have, <laughs> they're like, blah, 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 and that she thinks she's speaking completely normal. I'm like, what'd you just say? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> so go on. Back to Bloodletter. Yes. All of the students know about him, but no one really knows him 
or knows like who he is and what he's like because he doesn't have any real friends and doesn't socialize outside of the club except for his sometimes girlfriend Cassie. So Alex's boyfriend Louie had told her that Bloodletter was back in town after being gone for almost a year to be back home with his family but no one knew why he left in the first place. And the three of them go to noir. Yeah. Like a film noir. I have you never Wait, that's read That's a hard word for me. <laughs> it, it, okay. Okay. So, I wish I would have known. The three of them go to N that night. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so actually sometimes I'm funniest when I'm like this. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Go okay. continue. Okay. So Zara sees him fight for the first time and she's super freaked out by blood and violence and she ends up running out of the bar before she can even like meet him because she goes there because she wants to like try to do a story on him. Yeah. So after she runs out, she gets lost in this park nearby and ends up running into Bloodletter and that's like her in to kind of begin talking to him. And he introduces himself and gives her his real name which is harry styles obvi and harry insists on walking her home but there's like some kind of tense hot flirtation but harry does not like to be touched and he doesn't really touch anyone else either which zara finds out when they're like walking home like he freaks out when she even like grabs his hand or like arms like he just is not about that so then after that Zara meets up with one of Cassie's friends, Emma, who learns and she like learns a little bit more about their relationship and that Harry had been acting different since he came back from England and that he and Cassie don't really or he and Cassie only really seem to be together just like for the sex. And Emma confirms that he doesn't like to be touched, probably because when he enters the pit to fight everyone's touching him like he's walking through the bar and everyone is like grabbing at him it's like for good luck or something yeah so zara goes back to the pit to watch his next fight and leaves at the end because she thought it was boring because he just like beat the shit out of the guy and won and harriet overheard her and chased after her so then Zara realizes that she has to keep doing things to keep him from shutting her out like he does everything everyone else and it's really clear that Zara or like as she gets to know Harry that he has two like very distinct sides to himself that either he's fully Harry or fully bloodletter and he puts on the front of bloodletter for everyone else and it seems like he wants to like keep everyone else from getting close to him but he has a weakness for Zara and Zara doesn't let him know her intention of writing the story about him and she keeps that to herself for a long time so it's like very complicated as they start to get feelings for each other and that is like the one typical thing of these books I'm like just tell him off the bat just like I met you because I wanted to do a story about you now I kind of want to change up my like thing and do a story about the pit and like what's his name I know I know, but that I was thinking, that, but it would ruin the story. And also, Harry in this story would not allow that. He'd be like, "Fuck you, you're using yeah, you're me right. like everybody else is, and I don't want to be around you." Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm always right. You're right. I know. Okay, <laughs> so 
their infatuation with each other very quickly turns into like much more than just infatuation and Zara confides a lot in Harry about her dad dying when she was 16 and how she has a terrible relationship with her mother and that her grandma had essentially raised her because her mom hadn't wanted to keep her or like didn't want to keep her and her parents had gone pregnant with her when her mom was six yeah sorry yeah and I can read. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm concerned. <laughs> and then uh, her dad had been the one in the family that like wanted to keep her. So when he died, her mom like completely stopped caring. So her mom is also incredibly manipulative, verbally and emotionally abusive, which so is Zara kind of honestly. Like to Harry? Yeah. And Yeah. So I think it's like, it's like a it's like a perpetuation of what she just yeah. like that's the only thing she knows how to do. I think she gets upset and says like yeah, really cruel, hurtful things. She says yeah. like whatever she thinks is going to be the worst thing that she can say. Yeah. It's but probably her true. mom, yeah, her mom is like constantly critiquing Zara's body and we learn that she has had like a huge impact on Zara's insecurities and how she lets other people especially men treat her. So Zara uses the excuse that Harry can teach her how to fight to get closer to him for the story that she's trying to write. But that only allows them to have like their first kiss when they're like play fighting. I feel like that story like stopped pretty soon. Like they, it happens like one more time yeah. where he's like trying to teach her to defend himself, but really it just, I feel like, was a catalyst for them to have this, like, first kiss interaction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then from then on, it just escalates super quickly between the two of them. And this, and this book is really good. And they're both, like, very open about being into kinky stuff and wanting to try out different things with each other. But in the beginning, every time they, like, got close to hook up, it's, like, clearly very hard for Harry to be close with someone outside of just having sex with them. But he tries really, really hard for Zara. And he's very insistent that she stay away from the club. Like, that's, like, the one thing. He's, like, I don't want you to be around these people. But she doesn't listen to him <laughs> ever. And she, like, she's not sure why. But then she meets Jerry Greenwood, who is Cassie's dad and Harry's boss. And he owns Noir and runs the pit. So over time, we learn from Harry that Jerry has pretty much complete control over his life. And that's why he consistently, like constantly goes back to Cassie, who is Jerry's daughter, obviously, and why he like hasn't stopped fighting. And at first, we aren't sure exactly what Jerry has over Harry, but Zara can tell that something like very bad must have happened to him in order to for him to just keep doing what Jerry wants. So we also learned that Harry's stepdad has passed away, and that's why he had been away for the previous semesters at school, and it was really hard for him, and he had, like, a lot of responsibility on his shoulders to pay for school, and fighting allowed him to feel powerful and, like, make a lot of money. But Jerry also runs some other enterprises (laughs) (laughs) that aren't necessarily legal. So, he realizes that 
Harry, Jerry realizes that Harry clearly cares a lot for Zara after he meets her at the club and tells her that he runs an escort service and he has a client, Elijah, who wants a date with her in return. So Harry would make sure that Cassie left, or sorry, Jerry would make sure that Cassie left Harry alone and he would put Harry, he like wouldn't put Harry against harder opponents when they fight if Zara goes on this date with Elijah. Like I think or Jerry's like- whole, yeah. I think Jerry's whole thing is like once he has something over you. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. He's yeah. Like you're screwed. Yeah. So then Zara agrees to the deal because she thinks that this could be like a much bigger story than what she originally planned. And once Harry finds out like what's going on, he's super jealous and is really worried about Zara because he knows like she doesn't understand kind of the enormity of the situation and the enormity of Jerry himself and like the connections he has and what he can do and they like clearly both care a lot for each other and they'll do whatever it takes to be together and keep each other safe so like can I just say that this was like a really hard thing for me to like get past in this book and we can like I'll want to talk to Aubrey about it too like why she would not listen to him and just like understand that he was he was trying to keep her away from that for a reason. Like there was a reason that it was not he like because I honestly think like yes, she cares so much about Harry, but like they hadn't haven't really known each other for that long. And she cares a lot about this story for some reason. Like I know she cares so much more about getting the story than she does about like anything Harry is telling her at that point, you know. And, like, as we talk more about what happens, I think it changed. Because, like, that was the other thing I was having a hard time with is, like, why is the story so important to her? Like, is the newspaper that big of a deal? Because we don't really hear about her, like, going, being part of it that much. So you're kind of like, what is the big deal? And I feel like as we learn more about what's going on, she's just more interested in, like, bringing down this whole criminal, like, Like, thing. It's not just about the story, I guess. But, yeah, that's But it's also, like, you're in college. And, like, yes, I get it. Like, you could – but you're not, like, a – PI you're not like an investigator you you work the whole time newspaper the whole time I was just like every time something takes place in LA I just really I'm like it's LA like people fucking LA is weird I truly think LA is a fucking wild place (laughs) you can do whatever you want it's like New York that's how I feel (laughs) um this weekend talking about LA this is like a full-blown tangent I was at brunch (laughs) at brunch yesterday with my friends and my friend Cassie lived in LA for like five years and we live in like this really small town or it's not like really small but it's like a small town Mm -hmm. I'm for sure gonna cut this out I know but (laughs) like we were like joking because one of like Cassie's brother's friends that we were like hanging out with on Friday was like talking about how obsessed with me he was oh this guy and I was like I'm literally <laughs> feel like I'm a Wenatchee 10 and like an LA 4 <laughs> the, I think about this all the time <laughs> I literally I'm like I think I look so good and then I would go to somewhere like I go to LA or I go to like Scottsdale and I'm like hmm like 
<laughs> Truly, like maybe not. I am a catch. I am a catch here in Wenatchee, but like LA, I'd be like a four, maybe. Uh, in in New York, I'd be a two. They'd literally be like, "Who are you? You piece of shit." <laughs> I don't know I feel like New York has like less high beauty I guess like LA. more diversity yeah LA is a just oh that is like this whole story to me taking place in LA made so much sense because I was like only yeah. LA could you like get away with being this this like wild of a storyline yeah as the story progresses each of them get not only more involved with each other but also in Jerry's world And it's clear that he's, like, a really bad guy, and now they're, like, both at his mercy. So Jerry happens to run into Zara when she has to go to dinner with her mother, and that opens up, like, yet another opportunity for him to manipulate her since he essentially threatens to, like, date her mother and expose that she's, like, dating an older man. Yeah, because at that point, she she had gone on the first date with Elijah, like, we'll talk more about Elijah and his driver, Max, too. But that date was, like, weird because Elijah did – you kind of get this bad vibe from him. Like, he's using an escort service. Like, what's going on? But you're also, like, mm, he doesn't seem like the type who would be doing this. He just kind of seems like your typical guy that would be, like, looking for a sugar yeah. baby. You know? Like, yeah. just someone that wants companionship and – wants like a younger girl and also it made it seem like he was kind of into like like plus size plus size girls yeah it's just like you're not really sure what elijah's like mo is you're like what is this guy doing um but jerry like brings that up in front of her mom and her mom's like oh that's who you're like spending all your extra time with but this hard-earned money that i'm paying for your school her mom's a bitch so after that we find out that Jerry is using Harry to torture and beat people up for him. And I get a feeling that this is like the tip of the iceberg on this situation. Like, I feel like we're going to progressively find out more, but yeah, he's like his hired help essentially is when it comes to like torturing, beating up, hurting people. And then this is when we also learn that Eliza has ulterior motives as well. And at their next like date or the next time he and, um, Zara meet he like asks her to go into Jerry's office at Noir and steal his client list and he says that he wants it because he's trying to start his own escort service and so he wants to like steal some of his most popular girls or whatever you're like okay interesting so they set up this whole ruse so that Zara can do that while Jerry's out of town um and get into his office. And while she's in there, she finds folders on herself, Harry, and like every person who's worked for or is associated with Jerry in some way. Yeah. She also finds a folder for a girl named Josie. And she had heard of this girl on her first date with Elijah because they were with some of the other guys who used the service. And so she met some of the girls and one of them had mentioned this girl, Josie, that used to work for Jerry, but then like disappeared and hasn't, no one's seen her. And- They saw her go up to his office and then they've never, they never had never seen her again. Yeah. And <clears throat> there's pictures in her folder and it's clear from the pictures in her folder and Harry's. There's also f- pictures in his that they had dated. Like there's, there's a connection between her and Harry. And so Zara's like, what the fuck is going on here? So after this all happens, 
um, she and Alex are talking and like, she and Alex are very close friends, like almost like, like they're more like family. I would say like sisters. And Alex kind of makes our realize that she has to be honest with Harry about writing the story and like what she's been doing, because it's clear that Zara is falling in love with him. And she just doesn't feel like right lying to him anymore. Yeah. Um, but he takes it very badly, which we talked, like figured he would obviously. And he tells her he never wants to see her again. And is like, get the fuck away from me. And they like break up because at this point they'd been like pretty involved with each other. Mm-hmm. He proceeds to get super drunk and high over the next few weeks to deal with like his pain while Zara goes through stages of like grief as well. She, they're both like so upset that they don't have each other mm-hmm. anymore. Um, she chops off her hair with her own scissors, which is a classic mm-hmm. breakup bad move. Trope. Um, <laughs> very classic. And then Louie and Alex finally convince her like a couple weeks later to just go to noir that noir that night oh see i had trouble with it too it's hard to see how he is and like figure out if she should fight for him or not like kind of make it work she gets there and he's fighting harry has also chopped his hair off so he went from long hair harry to like dunker carry yeah oh it's hot Um, but he has like a ton of injuries and just looks fucking terrible like he looks high out of his mind he's like fucked up Mm-hmm. So he can't even f- start the fight that he was supposed to have because he's so high on pain meds and drunk. Mad Max, who's Elijah's driver, who we talked about earlier, swoops in and like gets him and Zara out before Jerry can get down to them from his like office where he watches the fights. And we realize that Max has been like looking out for her, like essentially stalking Zara, <laughs> like mm-hmm. watching everywhere she goes. Yeah. And we're kind of thinking that maybe he and Elijah are better allies than we thought. Like they're looking out for her. Harry is still super angry with Zara when he wakes up from his blackout. Um, But they really can't stay away from each other that long. She shows up at Noir to try and make him jealous, but he'd banned her from the pit. Like said, the security guard can't let her in. But after the fight, they have like a very sweaty moment. I think like in the hallway in the club or something. Um, even though they're still so angry at each other, but honestly, I think that's what makes them attracted to each other. Like, yeah, they're, they're really into like, kind of almost like angry, degrading sex, like hate fucking each other. Yeah. But Harry like stops himself and walks away. Cause he's still mad at her. So then it's, um, we come up on Zara's birthday and her mom had given her a call asking her to come to a gathering that next week after her birthday. And she almost has like this weird moment of being a real human to Zara. Like her mom was kind of sounding almost nice. So Zara agrees to go. Mm-hmm. And we find out Alex and Louie are throwing Zara a big birthday party. Her birthday's on Halloween, but it turns out to be like a huge thing, like big deal. And Alex tells her that they had invited Harry because it was actually his idea originally to throw the party. So they felt bad not asking him to come. And of course, Harry shows up. Of course, And then does. we, yeah, of course. And then we get our first, I'm pretty sure this is the first Harry um, point of view chapter with interest in insane smut like their smut is fucking wild and we also learn that harry had met zara before but she hadn't remembered because she'd been really drunk and high at the time and he had been like watching her since then too like he'd been into her for a long time yeah um and then he like tries to leave after they hooked up like he's just going to leave her there, which is really fucked up because they had some like pretty wild sex. And that's like, I'd be mad. And 
She like chases after him outside. <laughs> she's like in her fucking PJs and slippers. And she's like yelling after him or whatever. And then a black SUV pulls up and takes her. Just like pulls her into the car. And Harry's like, whoa, like, holy shit. And there's nothing that he can do because the car is driving away. And he thinks it's probably Jerry or one of Jerry's guys. But it ends up being Mad Max who picked her up. And he, (laughs) this is when you're still not really sure what's going on here. He drives her out of town to like a motel. And you're like, and Elijah's there. And you're like, okay, she might be dying now. But then this is when they tell her that they're actually cops in the homicide division and that they've been Which, undercover. Which, like, it kind of makes sense. Like, it after does. the files, like, they want yes. the files and they're kind of using her as, like, a pawn, sort of. This but, is when but... Aubrey hooked me back in. I was like, okay, this is, like, part of a bigger thing. It's not just, like, a high school newspaper yeah. story. It's not, like, this is yeah. something big is going on here. And they're investigating Josie's murder. And Harry, I don't I still don't know if Harry knows that she's murdered, like that she's dead. It seems like he, it seems like he doesn't or that no one knows besides these guys, but they think Harry might've done it because he was like the closest to her. And that's what they know that he has done bad stuff for Jerry. Mm -hmm. So they think it's possible. And then, um, Josie was like a sister to Max. Like they grew up with each other so that's why he's like so personally invested and they want Zara to help them figure out what happened but she's like I don't want to lie to Harry again we just got over this thing about me lying about writing a story for him and like you're asking me to like essentially prove he's a murderer and like I don't think he is so they Elijah's just like Max take her home and like they agree that she should just try to come to terms with it on her own and like what the right thing is to do and if she should be helping them or not Mm -hmm. and this like explains why they had been involved the whole time and like we said kind of brings like the story all together like okay this is there's like something big going on here so like we said harry thought it was probably jerry who had taken zara and when she gets back to her apartment louis and alex like know that she's safe and i think louis like texts harry And he comes back and like sobs when he sees Zara. Like he's so relieved. Mm -hmm. And again, you just get the, like, you know that Harry knows what Jerry is capable of. And Zara, I think is getting the bigger picture, but still is not understanding like how deep she's in now. And just because of how upset Harry gets when he like, and just how loving he is with her, she just like cannot accept that he would have killed someone. Yeah. And I also think that she ends up like wanting to help Max and Elijah to prove the opposite point. She like wants to prove that he did not murder her. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they all decide like Harry, Zara, Alex, and Louie all decides that they need to like get out of town for a little bit and get away from where they live because it's probably mm-hmm. they need to lie low for a second. They realize this is all pretty serious and scary. But Zara hasn't told any of them, not even Alex, about Elijah and Max being cops. So she's yeah. really still, she's got a lot of secrets still. She and Harry have a pretty insane connection and they each let their walls down to have some very sweet, I don't know if that's like weird to say, but considering the type of sex that they have, they have like really soft yeah. sex because they go to like Joshua Tree and they're like camping in the, under the stars and their whole thing is like the connection of stars because her dad loves stars. And, yes, yeah. Um, It's still hot sex though, but it's like very light. It's like smut light for them. Yeah. Uh, but then smut light smut light <laughs> and this is when they finally say that they love each other 
And again, this happens in every book. And I always, it's, you know, something bad is really bad is going to happen because things are starting to go well. And you're like, yes, it's just going to hit the fan. And so they are, end up like there's driving to Vegas for the rest of their like vacation. And certain things come up about past relationships and their like sexual histories and like what their preferences are. All I can say about this is they're like, they're like 21. Mm -hmm. They have tried more stuff sexually than I can even, I can't even imagine in a lifetime and honestly good for them. But like (laughs) incredible. It's also a book, McKenna. I know, but I'm just like, wow. (laughs) My, my teenage years were different, I guess. (laughs) All I could say. Also, because we went to college at WSU where we were only with frat boys for that's true, who like didn't like, even know they don't know their way around to anything, so no, they were not paying attention in sex ed, so that's fine. So, we've read a lot of smut, like I'm saying, but this is the most experimental and like varied as far as like a relationship where they're just really willing to try yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff, which is interesting to me because of how jealous they are generally Mm -hmm. like previously have been just insanely jealous of each other when they've like been with other people and they're in like a sex shop randomly this is like this was a weird thing for me because I was like how in the fucking world would this happen and Zara's ex or who she considers to be her last ex before Harry who was a girl Talia is like at the sex shop like working on something they like run into her And um, that brings up like a lot of stuff for her. And then in Vegas, they go get matching tattoos from tattoo artist Zane, who Harry has been with in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot happens while they're in Vegas. And um, and we'll get to like a lot of the themes and stuff of like what happens. But there is like a threesome with Zane, Harry, and Zara. Yeah. (laughs) Wild. Yeah. Wild. The next day, like an episode, it triggered because they, um, Zara had taken Molly, I think, before it. And it kind of, which wasn't the first time she had taken it. Yeah. It's not the first time she took it, but like, you know, when you come down from drugs, no, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't, but (laughs) (laughs) not I. No, Uh, actually, I don't know. Tell me how it is, though. I, I was just trying to be cool. I've never done drugs. Um, (laughs) she, has like an episode and she is like triggered and so she tells Harry about like her eating disorder which Mm -hmm. is like a binge eating disorder and sometimes she feels like doing that when she's like really depressed or overwhelmed it's like the only thing she can control yeah and then they like go to a strip club the three of them and they almost get robbed but Zara has a gun and to Harry like didn't know that she carried a weapon but her dad was a cop and she's like I always yeah my dad taught me how to use a gun and she teaches Harry how to use a gun like in the middle of the desert because he's never used a gun before which is like wild to me like sir in your line of work but again things even with all of that going on things seem to be going really well for them like they're communicating really well and everything's going good but when they get back you're like things are gonna get bad because you have to go back to like Jerry but then like the worst thing isn't even something that we anticipated they get back and Niall has been dating this new girl and Niall is uh Zara's like one of Zara's best friends he works with her on the mm-hmm. paper he's professed he's his love with her love to her he's in love with her and he finally like got over the fact that she was with Harry and meets this new girl Ava and they're there when 
Zara's like getting dropped off at her apartment and Ava and Harry like have this weird moment where they clearly recognize each other and like something's up and it comes out that they had like recently slept together. And it was like one the night that Harry had like broken up with Zara the first time and was really fucked up. Yeah. And Niall's really sensitive about that because Harry had slept with one of another girl that he had dated before. And so he, they're and pissed. And he's just sensitive about like the whole. Yeah. Like just he's yeah, about Zara, Zara like everything. So now everyone's mad at each other again. And initially Zara's reaction is super heated and angry, but she has Niall to kind of talk through all of this with over the next like week or so. And they both decide they're willing to work on forgiving Ava and Harry, especially because Zara gets the feeling that something like bigger might've been going on as to why Harry or Ava do not remember hooking up at all. They just woke up in bed together naked and were like, oh, we must've had sex. Yeah. Um. So... They Zara is like a little suspicious of that. So ultimately, Harry has to go back to the pit. And Jerry lets him know that he's still trapped, like he's fucking stuck. And Zara is still trapped in a way, too, because Max and Elijah are still getting her help. So she's they're just in really deep at this point. And probably one of the biggest updates at this point is Zara goes to her mom's for that party that she had asked her to come to. And Harry comes to join her because he's like trying to earn her forgiveness still about the whole Ava thing. (laughs) They get there and Jerry's there and he had dated Zara's mom. He had swooped right in when he saw the opportunity and he'd proposed to her. So they're getting married. So Cassie is there at this party and is like, we're going to be sisters, that little bitch. Bitch. So Jerry's really trying to just fuck up their lives. He's like, I'm going to get you guys so in so deep that I'm entwined with your lives forever. Harry and Zara both decide like we just need to follow along with this and keep everybody happy so that in the background we can be doing stuff to like take them down. And then we get like a really smutty part, like they a really smutty part. Their smut is just like I can't even talk about it because it's like outside. You wanna explain it? No. You wanna explain it? I can't because you should just read it. It's just I did. Not you, the listeners. Not I you, stupid. <laughs> I, know, I know you can't read this. You, you know I'm red. never caught up. <laughs> never. So they do like a really smutty part. And then the next morning, Zara's like getting ready to leave, but Harry gets a call from Jerry and he's like, we got to get out of here right now. And this is Jerry getting his payback for both how they both reacted at the engagement party. He sends some guys over to Harry's apartment to like beat the shit out of both of them. Zara tries to run away and like gets caught and she she, like wakes up. Max had found her and we find out that he had actually initially he had bugged Harry's apartment a while ago as part of like the investigation. Mm -hmm. And so he knew that he like had heard that something had happened and she wakes up and she's like all beat up and some the guy had carved the words, the word whore into her stomach, like deep, like Max had to give her stitches. Uh, Um, So gross. Max also makes like a like comment because Zara's like, ew, you've had this apartment bugged. Like you've been listening to us have sex. You sicko. And he's like, yeah. And makes like an offhanded comment that like Harry and Ava didn't even sleep together that one night. Like he heard a third voice and it sounds like it was like set up make it look bad and later that day 
once Louie and Alex are home with her, Harry gets dropped back off at Zara and Alex's apartment. And he's also completely beat up and he had the word blood letter carved into his stomach. So they're both just like mm-hmm. fucked. So they take like a week or two to recover. And again, they decide they just have to play nice in order to like get through all this. And they decide to go to a different club just for a fun night out to like take their mind off of things. And because Harry had gotten to have a threesome with Zane, who was a guy, he, Zara had talked about being into girls as well. Obviously she's dated women. And so he tells her to invite Emma, the friend, because they had kind of had a a flirtatious moment previously at like noir. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's a threesome and it's spicy. Is this the book that you told me that someone you opened it at one point and there was like fisting? Uh, no, that was Phoenix. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. Oh, there's fisting. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. I literally okay. was reading it and I was like, this is what, was this what Christina's talking about? How did she get this? No, but there was a threesome between Harry Zane and the main character in that book too. Wild times but yeah remind me of emma who's emma again so emma was oh yes cassie's friend yes yes Yes. yeah Yeah. and so they have a pretty wild threesome they're just very sexually open and good for them so that's like where we're caught up to now and i think we'll ask aubrey next week but i want to say she tweeted recently about how much more it's coming there would be it's like coming to an end so I don't yeah. think it's going to be that much more. So we might do like how we do did with drag or going to do a drag and just do a final update like when it's all wrapped up. So we yeah, can close I think that. That, that would be for the ones that we know are kind of about to be wrapped up. It might be smart to just do like yeah. updates Not like that. Update. Yeah, I agree. Do like a part two or whatever. So dos. the next now we're going to get into like topics. So the first topic that we want to talk about is body image and like personal boundaries. And so Zara struggles with binge eating disorder and we see her have an episode after the dinner with her mom and body image and body dysmorphia are huge themes in this story. And we haven't read a fan fiction yet with a plus size we haven't you and I yeah we personally haven't yeah with a plus size main character before and we wanted to talk a little bit about the topic of body image and fan fictions and like in this story in particular yeah I I feel like like it is so interesting not interesting but it just makes it's I feel like what people naturally think of when they think of fanfics is like Mm -hmm. very stereotypically good looking yeah. male and female characters. Yeah. When I say stereotypically good looking, it's because any person at any size or well, however they look is good looking. And it's yes. like, there's no one way to be attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, It's just, I feel like you don't see a lot of that representation. No, in, you don't. In fanfic. And you see like, all of these main characters that are these like teensy tiny, yeah. like hundred and fifteen pound blonde, five foot six, blue eyed, yes, 
like, like blonde, even not blonde, but even like, yeah, just like, you know, we have drag and we have like a few others where like the main character is like of Asian descent and, but they're still physically, tiny. they're like a physical representation, at least like body wise of what mm-hmm. like a physical, a pretty physical girl is. And we have yet to, like I said, this is just like our experience. We have yet to read a main character that has like an eating disorder like that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to talk about, that's like another point that you touch on is like, you can be any shape and still have an eating disorder. Yeah, You know, like you think of anorexia or you think of bulimia and it's like, they're these tiny like skin and bones girls well that's not the case you know and Aubrey writes that way like from Zara's perspective like that typically people think of eating disorders as just really skinny people but Mm -hmm. a lot of plus size people men and women struggle with eating disorders because they are trying to achieve this completely unrealistic for all of us physical type that like some people's bodies are just not meant to all look yeah that way like and I always think about this when I look at famous people it is literally their job to look that good they are spending thousands probably millions of dollars on a bunch of stuff that they're never going to tell us about because it just blows up the illusion that they're just naturally that good looking it's like private chefs, private trainers, private everything. Like they're they getting people making their food for them. They have, you know. And now that I get Botox and I've gotten my lips, yeah, gotten my lips filled, I'm like, there's no fucking way that these people with bazillions of dollars aren't getting yeah all of these other insane things done that we have no idea. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just no way. And so hearing it from like the perspective of, like a plus size main character also is interesting. Cause I feel like as women, we all have insecurities. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it's never mattered what weight I was or what size. So- like, I'll never feel like I look the best that I could or something. Never. And why ever. is society, like, why, is why are we like that? And now even like, it's hard when you say like, I've, it's hard to even say that you feel so, this way or that way about your body because then people are like oh my god no but you look great and you're like yeah you you think I do but I it's body dysmorphia like I see myself in a completely different way when I look in the mirror you know and that's like such a societal thing to where I remember this I will tell this story all the time because when I was in college, we used to watch the, the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Oh, and it was like yes. such a big thing. We would like watch it with our roommates. Yeah. And we would like get order pizza that night. And it was just like a, I don't know, like thinking back on it, I'm like, what a disgusting night that we would have just like binge eating food while we watched these size, like, like 100 pound models walking down and I remember being like I am five one this if is I never was, gonna be me if I was five one and 95 100 pounds I would look like a 12 year old boy yeah like 
or not even 12, like a nine-year-old boy. So it's like, yes, I'm five, but that's just how my body is. I'm not saying all five one people look like, like that are skinny look like that, but it's like, I have boobs and I have a butt and like, if I didn't have that, I would look like a nine-year-old boy. So like, <laughs> I I also think like coming from our, like, this is coming from the perspective of the two of us are not, it's not like we're plus size. Exactly. So I can't imagine what going through the world feeling like constantly, like if we're feeling this way, exactly. Having a body that And this is like other things that, you know, Aubrey writes about from Zara's perspective, like people have this innate and I've been guilty of this. I hundred percent can, we'll be honest. When you look at someone who's overweight, sometimes like my thought will be like, oh, they're unhealthy or something or like, yeah, they're not healthy. And it's like, that is so fucking untrue. There are people like of all shapes and sizes and that's just their bodies. That doesn't make them unhealthy. Doesn't make them any type of way. Like I love Lizzo's TikToks because she talks mm-hmm. about that all the time. And it's like, I, I might be the de- like what is fat by definition, but I'm a healthy woman and I can go on stage for two hours a night and jump around and sing and be fucking moving for two hours. Like you bring your skinny ass up here and try to do that. Like health yeah. doesn't equate to your weight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, it's very interesting just reading this book and, you know, I feel like especially men and women can all have body dysmorphia. Men can as well. And I think, you know, that's also another topic. I, well, we can't speak on it. We're not men, but as women, I feel like, especially with sex and stuff, you get like very insecure about your body. (laughs) I do. Totally. Totally. Like, and you're like, you have to have every single last bit of hair shaved off your body before you're like seen as desirable to your person and it's like it's like who told us like who made us think that like that and it makes sex way less enjoyable that's why I think women have such a hard time enjoying sex is it's like you're so fucking worried about what you look like and men are like whatever we're just happy to get off a a woman will have sex with us while we're like oh my god we have to be absolutely literally pristine meanwhile this guy hasn't gone to like hasn't moved his body in like six months like what the fuck do I yeah what are we trying so hard for yeah so then the next topic goes along with body image and like boundaries And Harry doesn't like to be touched in the beginning of the story, but as he opens up to Zara, both of them, like, kind of adjust their boundaries and both, like, generally and sexually. And there are some pretty intense sex scenes and topics of, like, personal space and boundaries in general. And it's interesting to watch their communication, like, on this topic evolve. I feel like Zara is written in a really good way of, like, she never is asking for like approval of her body from Harry necessarily, or she doesn't need him to tell her. Yeah. Like her body is great. She's like, I know that it is. And I have to remind myself, like, I know that, but I feel like the more comfortable she gets with him, like their sex life changes and stuff. And she talks about how like before when she would just have sex with any guy who wanted to have sex with her because she just felt like, 
oh, at least they want to have sex with me. That's such a yeah. shitty feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then Harry has this whole other side where it's like, yeah, he has this like perfect body physically for like a male or whatever. Yeah. But he has no control over like what a, a lot of his life is. And so for him, I feel like the touching might be it, it's just he has no control over his own body and life. And it's like so, he, so hard to when you are first seeing someone and like that you're not as like open with them like and you're them seeing your body and them you know like it's so much different when it's like in the first stages of a relationship when you're like oh my god I'm so insecure over like how I look right now or like I ate too much tonight yeah it's just like so much different but like as you evolve and like you see that within their relationship like as they get more comfortable with each other they kind of get more comfortable in like all aspects yeah I, I just, it's like a very interesting theme in this book. There's like, yeah. we could talk about this forever because it's, yeah. it's just something that we haven't, we haven't read other fanfics where yeah there's a lot of and other like really body types like, or it's hard to talk on and like try to talk on it sensitively without like, I don't know if I – like, I don't know if we're saying the right things, you know? Yeah. Like, we no don't idea. know. And, like, it's it's one of those topics that, like, you can't talk on it unless you've really experienced it. And so I hope that we're, like, not – that we're doing it right, you know? So so this- next up, manipulation. <laughs> yeah, next up, manipulation. Um, I know a lot about this topic. <laughs> Christine's actually giving I us a seminar. I can accurately talk about this topic. Uh, so manipulation is a huge theme in this story. Obviously, Jerry is manipulating pretty much everybody, but Zara and Harry are also manipulating each other a lot. I would say, my yeah, personal opinion, definitely. And like, does the fact that they're trying to help each other make that any better? That they're lying and like kind of manipulating situations. No. Their advantage. I don't think so either. I mean, I think that there's like sometimes in life with like your partner that you will maybe withhold like some of the truth just to like. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's no. Your partner doesn't need to know 100% of your life all the – like, you know, and you yeah. don't need to know 100% of theirs unless it's hurting the other person. Exactly. You know, so it's like I don't think that they're both so manipulative that – I don't think they can recognize it in each other because that's how they innately are used to being – like, mm-hmm. and this is like the next thing. So Zara's mom, her her mom's manipulation is like this whole other issue. And you brought it up earlier. She's just so used to being treated a certain way that mm-hmm. I think she doesn't realize when other people are manipulating her sometimes, but she also doesn't realize when she's doing it to others, because I think it's so innately ingrained yeah. in like how she has been taught to like live her life. Well, like manipulating the other, your significant other, going back to like Harry and Zara, like 
manipulating your significant other to the point where like you're trying to make them change their mind about something or like get them to do something or go along with something you're doing is just toxic in and of itself. Yeah. But like the manipulation that Zara gets with her mom is just like a deep rooted like child trauma manipulation that you do see she does carry on into her relationship with Harry because she tries to manipulate certain situations that her mom would have done in the past, you know? Yeah. And then there's also, like, she's even being manipulated by, like, Elijah and Max almost more so than anyone else because – they're trying to make her feel like she's doing something good by helping them, which she may she might be. That might be the case. But like I just feel like that's all cops. So all cops are, I think. Yeah. They're you that's know, their their homicide. That's detectives. their job. Like it's it just feels shady yeah. what they're trying to do because it's like it's not official. It's not like I think how it would maybe happen in the real world. Like they're not And it's like they're trying not, to use <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go. <laughs> like they're trying to use reverse psychology on her yes. by saying like you're you you go sit on this and we know you'll make the right decision. Like once you think about it because you know you're going to want to like find out the truth. Yeah. Like you're a good like, person. You're a good person yeah. and like you want to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And then this is like a thing Louis is an interesting character in this book because he's Alex's boyfriend, but he had cheated on her. And that's like a whole thing um, because Zara like had hated him for that. But he's also like the closest thing that Harry probably has to a friend. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he kind of knew Harry before and he was blood letter and like, you know, stayed in his circle somewhat. Yeah. But Louis like encourages Zara to lie to him about the story in the first place. And then, just continuously kind of tells her like no don't tell him anything you know like and just like that's just his personality is keeping yeah, things from people keeping things from people and I always get the feeling that maybe he's like up to something else too I don't really know but yeah that relationship between the two of them seems a little manipulative too because when you're it's someone who's dating your best friend you're kind of in a rock and a hard place sometimes too like you don't get a lot yeah. of like saying that but yeah. it's just that's a lot of toxicity, that whole manipulation topic. There's a lot of toxicity in this this story about their relationship. The only like normal person that is Alex. I know. And that speaking of Alex, the next topic. Yeah. Is sex work. Yeah. So Alex is like very body and sex positive and makes her money doing porn. And Zara and her boyfriend, or like Alex's boyfriend, Louie, are very supportive of her, which seems like a minority re- reaction for most people who work in the sex industry. So how do we feel about her line of work and what she has to deal with from others on campus because of what she does? And the way I worded that now that I'm reading it sounds really condescending. Like, how do we feel about her line of work? We It doesn't matter what we feel. Sex work, I think, no. should be... It's it's your sex body work is sex work is sex work. work is work like I think that sex workers should be way more protected in this country I, you should be oh, allowed one thousand percent you should be allowed to do whatever you want to do with your body and if there were laws in place to protect people a lot of the 
bad shit that happens to people and especially women and children in this country wouldn't be happening because you wouldn't be able to fucking get away with it like you can now because it's all like well, underground and, and fucking gross besides and legal porn as long as it's like safe and le- not it does not even legal honestly like consensual. as long as you are consensual and you are safe and you are not being forced into any situation that makes you and feel you're an adult you're an adult and you're an over adult. It. like yeah. it's go go get that money <laughs> you know like it's there's I nothing to this, be I follow of. this uh stripper on TikTok and There's she some, is yeah. like talks about her days going to work and she has a family and like is so making many, great yeah. money you know and it's like I don't understand I do understand I mean there is a stigma around sex and women in general you know like women aren't supposed to be sexual or enjoy sexual beings. sex like yeah. it's supposed to be I'm not saying this like but in like the realm of what society thinks, it's like the men are like the pleasured ones and the women are just yeah. there to like do a job. And Ugh. that's how we've like grown up as a society, which is so dis- like disgusting. But like I just feel like, you know, and this brings up a good topic though because – we see like Megan the Stallion and Cardi B doing like scissoring on the Grammy stage. And it's like uproar, you know, that they're shaking yeah. their ass and doing. And it's like, you know what? There were so many TikTok videos of people like saying, I can't even believe like I would that they are role models to my children. And it's like, you, you're you letting them be role mo- like role models. They did not sign up to be your child's yeah. role model. But then and on the also- other hand, on the other hand, Lil Nas X posted yeah. his music video to his like new song that came out. And it's like him being sexual with the devil. And people are in uproar about that too and it's like so you're not okay with a it's woman he's gay because he's man. not a white he's not a white male yes like you're That's not why. okay with these but you're okay with a male rapper throwing money around and like at a strip club at a strip club like depicting sexual acts with a woman but like you're not okay with a gay man or like black women black women doing that so just like, like it's what's it, ro- it, like what what's, there, what's let's just talk like what's it's it has to come down up? with if it doesn't fit the societal norms societal norms it's like especially for wrong. certain and it's parts, not especially that for people certain, do whatever the fuck they want to do yeah especially for certain groups of people in this country they seem to think that it's their right to tell everybody how they should live and what they should think and what's inappropriate and what's not. And after the Grammys, I was at my parents and with like my brother and his girlfriend and my mom and dad. And like the Grammys performances came up and like Megan, <laughs> Megan the Stallion and Cardi B's performance came up. My dad was like, yeah, I mean, it did seem like a little much. And my brother and I were immediately like, no, it wasn't. My, bro- my brother was like, anything that makes Fox News get that fucking upset, 
do it more, put it on fucking ABC <laughs> family. Like, I don't give a shit. And I was like, I agree. My dad's like, okay, you're right. Sorry. Like a women should be allowed to do whatever they want. Like, I don't care. And he's like, you're right. Like, you know, yeah. you guys are right. And I think it just comes with like, and I, this brought up a conversation too, with my parents. And I was like, you guys used to literally tell me that I couldn't watch Britney Spears music videos because you thought she was too sexy. Like as a society, we've at least progressed a little bit, but not even close to as far as we need to be to like understanding that females are in charge of their own sexuality, gay men, trans people. Yes. Anybody is in charge of their own body and sexuality when they're a consenting adult. And if you tell the only thing that people are going to think is bad is what you tell your kids or what you say is terrible and bad. Yeah. And you're, you might be telling this to your kid who is gay and it can't tell you now and doesn't want to tell you because yeah, you've essentially exactly. said that that's evil and to have sex is evil. And that's why I think it's like that is whole philosophy is why we're in the spot that we're in where women just get shamed for their sexuality. Cause it's like, Oh no, you're not allowed to talk about sex. Or be you're not. Sexy. And that's why this podcast, like, well, that's why I call her daddy. I don't really listen to call her daddy that much because I don't really love that podcast. Barstool um, is also problematic bar- in its own way. Barstool is misogynistic and problematic <laughs> in and of itself, but like, it was like one of the first kind of big podcasts to blow up or two. But I do girls, respect, I do respect Alex. Where like these two women yeah. were speaking about sex so openly and like one night stands and sexual things, you know? So it's like, it was kind of that first big one to, and I know that there's other podcasts out there probably that like Sex with Emily, where they talk about sex too. It just hadn't blown up as big as Call Her Daddy. But like, With this, it's like we started out and we talked about this on the other episode, like when we first started the episodes and all of us laughing because we would get so giggly talking about sex. And like now as we get into it, we're like getting a little bit more comfortable. And it's honestly because like, why should we be embarrassed to talk about something that is like such a natural thing? Like everyone has sex. Why are we acting like it's like it's like a like taboo scary thing to talk about and especially in absolution like I said this is kind of some of the more adventurous smut that I've read personally in these books but again that's just my opinion on it like that might not be that could be fucking the most vanilla thing in the entire world to other people who are reading this it's not a big deal and I was talking to two of my friends this weekend who were asking me about the podcast and I was like, honestly, it has helped me so much with my confidence talking about sex and like, yeah, not being embarrassed because I totally am. I have been and I still have a lot to like work on with that. But like, yes. there is nothing embarrassing about reading about sex and thinking that it's like great too. Yes. Like I shouldn't be like, oh, it's a, I don't want to tell people I'm reading this because there's like a lot of sex scenes in it. Like who fucking cares? I'm a 29 year old adult woman. I'm allowed to read whatever yeah. I want talk about whatever I want. Well, and it's like, obviously I'm not coming on here and being like giving you explicit details about, like we're not giving you explicit yeah, well, details just- about our sex life, but like, you know, it's just being able to have an open and honest conversation about certain things and like yeah. not be giggly and like, obviously we get giggly, but like 
not being embarrassed by it, you know, or like, yeah, or shaming anyone for their sexual preferences or what yeah. people write about, like, go for it. I'm f- it like incredible. I texted you the other day because I, my friend said something about hating spit, not in like a sexual way, but on like our Snapchat group, she was like, Spits said something rough. like she hates spit. And I literally was like, I think I'm going to respond and say, oh, so you don't like getting spat in the mouth? And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to say it. And so I like sent it to the group and my friends were like, mm, that's like not really my kink, but like, <laughs> sure. Like, wow, you guys are being a lot more open about this. <laughs> I thought you're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's what I've realized is when I start talking about sex with my friends and we become more open, it yes. it allows other people to feel more comfortable being open talking about it. And then you realize, yes. like, oh, I'm not the only one who, like, yeah. this has ever happened to or, you know. And like, ever since starting this podcast, I've had more open conversations yes. with my friends about sex and, like, kinks than I ever have. Ever, ever have. And honestly – Get after it, people. If you want to make money, however you want to make it, sex is great. Do what you want. So wait, then there's another point where Zara gets involved with Elijah for Jerry's escort service, and that would also be considered sex work. So why do we think Alex is so much more about more upset about Zara's choice to do this than like when she is a sex worker? And Dude, I think I, it's kind of not super consensual. I think it's that. Yeah, it's not her choice. She's being like forced into it. She is. It is her choice, but. But she has like the manipulation an underlying manipulation. Yeah. yeah. And also the danger of it. I think any in any type of sex work, you know, there's definitely some, because there are so few laws protecting people, even in legal sex work, you are unfortunately probably at a higher risk of something happening to you that you don't want to have happen to you and when you're talking about an escort service that's completely illegal like being run underground by a very bad person I feel like Alex's head is probably like okay this is there's literally nothing to like this is real there's a there's a power control there where someone is like up above controlling the scenario and controlling the like Alex controls her content and controls her situations that she's in. So I think she probably feels like you're putting yourself in a lot of danger. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. So again, if sex work was able to be more above board and legal, I don't think you like, I would hope that things would get better for anyone who works in sex work. It's just like so unfortunate that you have to like hide it stupid like stigma and taboo around it that it's stupid it's not fair and since the dawn of time men have paid for sex and will pay for sex well that's the thing is like why are they getting shamed for working in sex but these men aren't getting shamed for paying for it that's i've never understood and i i you know in some areas this is changing where why are you arresting the sex worker? Like, why are you not arresting the person who's paying for the sex? Like, that's the illegal thing, right? Like, I don't get 
why it's the sex worker's fault. Like, I I don't, I don't really, that week go on forever, but it's fucked up. But anyway, yeah. Power to the people, power to the sex Mm -hmm. workers. And then the last topic, this is just miscellaneous, but we kind of only briefly covered it in the summary. Niall and Zara's relationship is just like really heartbreaking in this one. And yeah, I feel so bad for Niall. You know, I, one like critique that I do have of this book is like, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of Niall's like backstory character arc a little bit. Yeah. Cause it's hard. Like he's just like that typical character that is like in love with the main character and wants what's best for her, but he's like her best friend and he's in love with her. I wish we could get like a little bit more of a character arc with him just to kind of see where he came from, you know? Maybe we can get Aubrey to give us a little spinoff, a Nile spinoff book. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be great. But like, I know I'm, I'm, I'm reaching, but I know, but just, you know. I, I do like want to know more about him and just like the part that is, is so hard when you can't, you like cannot choose who you fall in love with and you really can't. Well, and, and it just goes to show that we always choose the bad boys, right? Fucking, we're dumb. Dumb. Blake is not a bad boy. Blake no, is. No, Blake is an actual angel. Blake honor. is a Nile. He's a Nile. He's an, uh, just an angel. Okay. Big That's Blake it. fan. That's, That's all, we all we've got. So you can either email us at the Wattcast podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on TikTok and IG at the Wattcast, on Twitter at the Wattcast podcast, our personal accounts. My Instagram is McKenna McGowan13 and my Twitter is McKenna McGowan1. And my Instagram is Christine Reed9 and my Twitter is Wattcast Creed. And we got like over 200 new followers this week on Instagram, which was kind of crazy. Okay, bye, sweaties. We love you. We love you. Have a good week. Bye.